0: All right, let's get a poetry clap. All right, poetry clap, everybody. Thanks for coming tonight to tonight's poetry reading. Uh, <laughs> we are gathered here tonight to support local poetry and local poets. I'm going to bring to the mic, uh, northeastern Irish poet, Tommy O'Lettenmeyer. Tommy O'Lettenmeyer, welcome to the mic. It's a pleasure to be here, Jack. Thanks for so much for having me. Wow, I. Knew you were from Ireland, but I have never heard such a fresh, convincing Irish accent before. Uh, I'm not surprised since you're from Ireland, but I'm very impressed. Yeah, I'm not sure why that would surprise you, but <laughs> here I am here to read some poetry. If that's all right. Is it all right? Uh, I mean. Hello, everybody. Oh, oh, goodbye, well, everybody. I was hoping you were gonna read a poem as, as uh the leprechaun there. Whoa, okay. whoa, leprechaun? <laughs> are you serious? dude that's so offensive to my culture. That's extremely offensive. We are a PC only show. Political correctness here. Uh all right, let's kick things off. <laughs> fantasy football <laughs> Welcome to week 15. Uh, wow. It happened. Tommy, week 15. Semifinals, they're over. It's championship week, baby. You gotta be pumped. Just start off with... I mean, just... You gotta be pumped. Knowing. Knowing that. Forget about the results. It's championship week. Fantasy season. Are you hyped? Bow. bow, 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 bow. (laughs) I'm so hyped, Jesus, dude! Fox, God, show me the way. Absolutely, that's how hyped I am. That song, play that, full blast, that's how hyped I am. That was Jesus Walks, right? Mm-hmm. Interesting, hyped song choice. I appreciate the, <laughs> Jesus I appreciate the religious... Jesus Walks with me! Hey, very, very topical to current events, with the with it being Christmas season and all. And, Absolutely. And uh, Christmas being the birth of Jesus Christ. Anyways, welcome, everyone. Uh, we're very happy yep. to be here, and... We've got a lot to talk about. It's been a fun season. This is actually going to be our second to last episode of the season because we'll wrap things up here and then next week we'll be having our final episode and it'll be a recap of the whole season. We'll talk about best draft picks, uh, you know, just team performances throughout the year and we're really excited for that one. It's going to be it's going to be a lot of fun. So we'll we'll keep it short tonight and you can expect a a meaty episode next week. Yeah, next week is going to be great. It'll also be live, uh, so we will get you the details on that if you would like to tune into the Facebook Live uh, in our Fantasy Football Facebook group. As Jack mentioned, week 15 just happened. This is episode 15 of the Let's Talk Fantasy Football podcast. Hard to believe we've already done 15 episodes, but here we are. Without further ado, let's talk fantasy football. Amen. Let us talk fantasy football. Let's start off with the with the sm- with the small leagues here. let's get this the small league matchups out of the way. We have the consolation bracket okay with, sure. Uh, Justin going against Kyle and Justin edged out Kyle by only 38 points which remember scoring format in our league that's 12438 to 12,400. I mean that's the closest matchup I've seen in a while came down to the wire. And, you know, congrats to Justin for securing a spot in the fifth-place game next week. Yeah, much, much congrats. They both bounced back nicely with very, very good weeks for both of them. Yeah, two two, two respectable weeks. Not playoff-winning weeks, but two respectable weeks. Well, playoff-winning weeks if you're talking about this week, that's for sure. Well, Uh, yeah. (laughs) But, yeah, really close. I came down to Peyton Barber last night. For Justin, to Bay's running back, he puts up 630. Like you said, win by 38 points. It can, I, I can't imagine if this would have been a meaningful, important game for the two of them. Kyle would be going ballistic. Justin would be going ballistic. Uh, yeah, got to be disappointed by Jordy Nelson's 430 for Kyle. Only three receptions for 28 yards. What did you think about that? I mean, Aaron Rodgers being back, you really had to expect a better game from Jordy Nelson. I did not think that was a bad play at all. Are you worried about Jordy, or do you think it was just because you know their 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 connection was rusty with Aaron just coming back? I think it's definitely the latter. Uh, I'm certainly not worried about Jordy. I mean, you're it, not buying into the Jordy Nelson is done narrative. No, is that a narrative? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I no, I'm not buying. He is getting up there in age, but no, I don't buy it. Aaron Rodgers ends up with a really good score of twenty four ninety. 290 passing yards, three passing touchdowns, but he also threw three interceptions if I'm not mistaken and he did not look good. Uh yeah, I think it was just a, a matter of they were they were rusty, they weren't in rhythm together and but boy, Aaron Rodgers with three pass touchdowns, 290 yards, 43 rushing yards, like just I just love that Aaron Aaron Rodgers is like the only quarterback in the NFL that you're just like, yep, yeah, first week back from a broken collarbone, obviously I'm going to play him. I mean, he's he's Aaron Rodgers. Right? Yeah, it was a very I that play by Kyle. Game for him. Well, yeah, of course. I mean, it's that for me, it's not really a tough decision, especially when you no, consider the other with Derek choices. <laughs> well, the other choices were not great, but yeah, it's it's a good matchup. A great, great. Uh, it came down to the end. A lot of excitement. If it mattered, it would have been super, super exciting. But I don't think either of them really cared too much. Like you said, Justin gets a place or a shot at fifth place now, uh, and he'll actually face you, which. You were the other consolation matchup. You played Drew and you crushed him. Sixteen thousand two hundred thirty-eight. Yeah, let's let's move 11, on to that 14, one. Let's not. Let's fifty-eight. Yeah, I mean, uh, boy, I mean, I'm sure you want to talk about it, but let me just talk about my own team. Sixteen thousand two hundred thirty-eight points. A monster performance. A performance that was worthy of the semifinals. But I digress. Mike Thomas with 1980 and Mark Ingram with 2960. The Saints came marching in, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, when the Saints, oh, when the Saints go marching in, go marching in. What a performance by my two Saints. Michael Crabtree putting up 1940. I mean, I didn't have a dud performance. Alfred Morris was my only dud, and he had 7'10", but just so consistent. Oh, man. I love my team. You know, this is fantasy football. That's how it goes. I didn't make the semifinals, so I won this week, and I'll be facing a valiant competitor in Justin in the fifth place game, and I'll and I'll fight courageously because that's what fantasy football is about. You finish as high as you can, and you hold your head high. And uh, I hope Drew can hold his head high too, because his team put up a decent week this week. You know, one that could have easily won one of the semifinal matchups. Um. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. I mean, what do you th- what do you think about Drew's team? Drew's Drew's got a good team. I I like Drew's team. Like you said, it's a it's a very decent score. Uh, he got let down by his running backs. <laughs> he did in a big way. Uh, <laughs> after what Jamal Williams has been doing previously, the 300 uh, points, only 30 rushing yards. That's a uh, that's a major crash down back to earth after 27 30, 19 30, and 27 50 the last three weeks. So, uh, fortunately, I, did, I I know Drew did not care about this matchup. I mean I'm sure you didn't really care that much either it's nice to for you to to put up a, a very 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 good week I, Matt Ryan still sucks, but your team is great and yeah it's a shame you didn't make the semifinals because your team is definitely worthy of that well I appreciate that let's move on to talking about the uh the important stuff well depends how you define important yeah so all right start with the lower scoring of the matchups Brian. Narrowly beats Louis eleven thousand thirty eight to ten thousand six hundred ninety eight. Comes down to the last game with Louis having the kicker Matt Bryant. Uh, just tell me your overall thoughts on how this matchup turned out. Well, Jack, this I'm going to take a step back here, and this these two matchups, these semifinal matchups, the way that both of them went down is like nothing I don't think it's like it's like nothing this league has ever seen. It both matchups were so close and came down to the final seconds of the final games that their players were in. You got to love the drama. And for the two worst teams to come out on top in both of those makes me angrier. Than, I don't know. Than if my, uh, I'm not well. I'm not gonna go too crazy here. It makes me very angry. It makes me very angry, and I think it kind of encapsulates what this fantasy season has been. We've now got with with Louis. So let's just get to the chase. The, as you mentioned, Brian beat Louis, and then Dad beats Scott. So Scott and Louis, the two best teams left they get knocked out. The previous week, you got knocked out. The previous week, Dan got eliminated from the playoffs. So we're talking about the four best teams. And I think it's probably the four best teams, in my opinion, by a very decent amount. I I don't think that you can make a case for any of the other eight teams to be in that top four. Yeah, I, I think that's fair. I think there was a a separation of power for And sure. none of you are in the championship. We've got okay. Oh my gosh. I mean it's okay. dad it's dad the eighth seed in the playoffs and Brian the sixth seed in the playoffs. So, you know, bottom tier in terms of teams that even scrape by to make the playoffs. And, you know, Brian finished with seven and six on the season, which is a decent record, but we talked about all year. He was just very inconsistent and lucky for Brian, he he had a huge Week fourteen, and he's been able to uh, survive this one due to Louis. You know, some would say poor performance. It's fantasy football is a game of matchups, and I, I respect your rant. I, I appreciate your rant, and I agree with your rant. But at the end of the day, you know, while this year's been particularly crazy, this stuff happens every year, and it it doesn't it doesn't hurt as much when it's one off things. But like you said, this year feels like it's been unlucky outcome after unlucky outcome in terms of the teams that should be winning aren't winning, and that's that's tough to stomach. Yeah. It just For Brian, this has just kind of been... This season has been very lucky for him, and it kind of frustrates me, him coming off of a championship, for him to be back into the championship with the team he has. It's a fine team, but it's not a championship team. Yeah. by any means it's a fine yeah. team it's a it's you could argue it's a playoff worthy team i'm fine with that but he what has happened to brian this year is he has just every week not every week but this whole season he has gotten just what he needs to to advance and he doesn't put up a good week 11000 is not a, it's a fine it's a it's an average week right for Louis to put up ten thousand six hundred ninety eight, so much needed to go wrong for Louis, and it all just did. Uh, to 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 start off, Antonio Brown gets injured in the first half. It, it was very very early on in the second quarter. I want to say he ends up with yeah. three forty. If Antonio Brown plays the full game, three forty. If Antonio Brown plays the full game, Louis wins this matchup. No ifs, ands, or buts no. about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no question. No no question that's a that's a no brainer. Jimmy Graham only ended with 40. Yeah, see that see that's frustrating for Louie, but that isn't really something that I mean it's just it's unlucky that that happened. The but, but the tight end position is volatile. Wow. Yeah, volatile. And, and that, I mean Jimmy Graham has not been consistent this year. Well, he was until these last 2 weeks if you go back and look, he was super consistent. Um, okay. So these last 2 weeks are a huge disappointment for Louie because yeah, I guess he was recency he was biased. Yeah, he was rock solid for like ten straight weeks. Um, the other huge thing is Matt Bryant. I was watching that Monday night game very intently. I wanted Louis to win. There was a play in the third quarter. The Falcons attempted a thirty-three yard field goal, which, if he had made it, it would have brought Louis to within one to within like uh, forty points of Bryant. And the Falcons later got an extra point. So what happens is, is the kick gets blocked. A 33-yard kick. Now, I couldn't find the stats. Uh, I couldn't find a stat that would tell me how many less than 40-yard field goals Matt Bryant has had blocked in his career. It wouldn't split him up like that for me. Oh, but what man. I did find out was going into that kick, Matt Bryant had attempted 421 career field goals. Eight of them had been blocked. Yeah, I mean, so you're so you're talking about a 1.9 percent chance that this kick gets blocked. 1.9 percent chance, and it happens, and it gets Bryant to the championship. That's the kind of fucking season Bryant has had. Yeah, that sums it up. That sums it up right there, and I love. Thanks for that. That stat there. I mean, when you put it like that, you know, it's if he just... makes if he makes that field goal, barring any stat corrections, Louis would have beaten Brian by sixty points. Wow, which you know that would have been wild. That would have been yeah. <laughs> insane. Uh, but yeah, going through the matchups, the team like Brian got an incredible performance from Cam Newton, thirty-one forty-eight. That's obviously what sticks out. And the other An one awesome is awesome performance from Kenyon Drake with 2030. I was just getting to that. Yeah, it's that those are the two that stick out. Kenyon Drake, the Williams injury has unleashed him and he is peaking at the absolute best time. He's got three straight weeks of 2000 points. That has been huge for Brian was not expecting that from Kenyon Drake, you know, four or five weeks ago. So having that has been a big reason why he's been able to reach the championship but yeah the rest of his the rest of his team doesn't really do anything special yeah hunter henry only with 430 and now brian heading into the championship is gonna have to replace him because news has broke that hunter henry has been placed on ir with a like spleen or or a kidney laceration yeah uh so you know our thoughts to hunter that sounds awful but Brian's gonna have to hit the waiver wire, and that could uh, definitely be a disadvantage for him. Not like Hunter Henry was a fantastic option, but you know he was definitely a a, a startable tight end. Sammy Watkins only with two forty, big disappointment. Devin Funchess only with two forty, which was hard to see, especially with the huge game Cam Newton had. Yeah, no kidding. And you know, but I guess that balanced out for him. And you know hopkins just what you can't say enough about deandre hopkins my goodness what a season he has had yeah it was pretty remarkable it it was he was having a bad game and honestly within the span of real time of real time within the span of like three minutes he caught three passes for like a total of 60 yards and a touchdown it was absolutely incredible it was all it all all of his points came on one drive. I mean, you see he got 13 targets and only four catches in that game. So, uh, Brian was very lucky that he salvaged a, a very good week. I wasn't guess expecting how many that. Games DeAndre Hopkins only has one target in this season, meaning the rest of the games he has double or one one digit. The rest of the games he only has double digit targets. I mean, I would I wouldn't guess that it's more than I mean, uh, It might be all of them. One or two single-digit targets? He's got three games, two of them being eight targets and nine targets, the other game being four targets. The dude, 16 targets, 13 targets, 12, 12, 16, 14, 14, 16, 13. I mean, volume, ladies and gentlemen. And when you're getting volume to a guy with talent like DeAndre Hopkins, and with with Deshaun Watson being the future of that team, DeAndre Hopkins is going to be quick off the board next season, but, you know, I get ahead of myself. Absolutely, you do. Uh, but yeah, so outside of those three guys that we mentioned for Brian, very, 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 very below average week for him. It doesn't really get much from anybody. Bad defensive effort from Denver. Watkins had a bad week. Crow had actually surprised me, and 850 for him was more than I thought he would get, so... Kudos to him, I I guess. On Louis's side, outside of the things we've already mentioned, there were a couple other things that stand out for points being left on the board for him. Marshawn Lynch, in that game, I don't know if you watched that Sunday night game, there were at least, I want to say, three separate occasions where he should have gotten an attempt to try and run the ball in from... Yeah, goal they to were goal, within, like fr- first and goal. Distance, yeah, yeah, like a couple yards out. <laughs> the the biggest one is when, oh bless his heart, Derek Carr scrambles, gets out of the pocket, has the first down. There's like forty seconds left, and I think they have a timeout still. And he's got the first down. All he's got to do is just run out of bounds at like the two yard line. And they've got four plays with 40 seconds left to try and get a touchdown. He stretches out. He holds the ball. He gets it close to the pylon. His arm gets hit, and he fumbles it out of the back of the end zone. Poor it's a touchback for Dallas. Guy. It's game over. One of the worst rules in the NFL, too, the the, the fact that it's a turnover yep. when you fumble into the back of the end zone. I, I don't know what it should be. I don't know if it's like, you know, you you put the ball back at the 10-yard line. You put the ball back at the 20-yard line or a loss of downs. I don't know, but a turnover is so harshless. When, when you fumble anywhere else on the field, it's not a turnover. But you you in the end zone, it's You want to leave that as harshless? Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> We're leaving this in for sure. Yeah. Uh, shoot. Okay. Um. Anyways. No, you're right. I, I think I think it's a great. Louis Louis brought this up, and and maybe you're just echoing him, but I agree. It it seems insane. It's to me, it's such an arbitrary rule. Where like, if that ball had gone out of bounds six inches to the right on the other side of the pylon, Oakland would get the ball at the one inch line, but because it goes on the other side of the pylon, it's Dallas's ball. That seems insane. Like, what kind of yeah. rule is that? Yeah, yeah, it's insane. But I mean, to your point. Derek Carr should be smarter than that. There's no reason to take. He that He needs risk. to be way smarter than that. He did not need to score that touchdown but there. But outside of that, I mean, Derek Carr just what? What about him this season? I mean, he has looked. I don't know if there's a bigger gap between quarterbacks between last season and this season than Derek Carr. Maybe Marcus Mariota. Yeah, I, he would. He would probably be the worst. Marcus Marcus Mariota. You know he got a hamstring injury early in the year and that kind of took away his dual threat and yeah he just hasn't really looked great and I I, I was actually talking to Dan about this because he asked me why I held on to him the whole year which I shouldn't have he had a very soft second half of the year schedule and I was just kind of expecting him to finally get it going and finally start putting up some big weeks and it just never happened and I don't really know why And then yeah, Derek Carr and the Raiders—they were supposed to be so good, and they just—they haven't looked it really, at all. And he hasn't looked it. He has not looked great. And I don't—I don't really know what it is because he was, I kind of dynamite. I'm not smart enough to know this. I'm not smart enough to know this, but I've heard analysts say that a large issue is the offensive line. Well, yeah, and their offensive line is getting paid, and they're supposed to be great. Because apparently, just Derek Carr. In terms of his statistics, like, he has one of the biggest variations in his statistics between when there's pocket pressure and when there's not pocket pressure. Interesting. So, so because the Raiders haven't had as good of an offensive line, he's just been real bad. That makes sense. That makes sense. Uh, but, yeah... Louis gets some really good weeks from some of his players. I mean, Baltimore, you were expecting a great week from them. They put up twenty seven hundred against Cleveland. That was always obvious that they were going to have a big week. That was a huge performance for him. Murray bounced back great, put up sixteen ninety. Mentioned Lynch didn't get the touchdown, but he still put up ten seventy. Jeffrey put up twelve ninety. Disappointing week from Keenan Allen, but he left uh, at some point in the fourth quarter. So those are Louis's two hottest. And not not Keenan Allen wouldn't have had a great game. If he would have played the rest of the game, you can really only expect for a few hundred more points, but to have both the, Antonio Brown and Keenan Allen to go out before the games are over, and for Antonio Brown for it to have been early in the second quarter, that's just going to be tough for anyone to overcome your two best players the last four or five weeks. And then to top it off, Russell Wilson only puts up 11.58, and and that's really all she wrote. All three of those things happening in the same week, that's, it was the perfect storm for him, and it was just what... Brian needed, and and that's exactly what he got. Well, congrats to Brian. I mean, what more can we say? We give analysis, but a win's a win, like I always say. And <laughs> back-to-back years, baby. Brian's in the ship, so go big, beak I will not be rooting for you because I have allegiance to my father. But a uh, good segue because the next matchup in the semifinals was my dad versus Scott, and Dad took the W with with twelve thousand eight hundred eighteen against Scott's 11,768. Yeah, this doesn't look like it was that close. However, (laughs) for those of you that were watching, and I know most of you were, this was even more heartbreaking than Louis' loss, which if Louis' loss had happened first, I would have told you no way does the other matchup provide a more exciting one. This one was somehow more exciting, even though it ended up being... An 1,100-point victory. What happened was, so first of all, Scott looked like he was going to take this for most of the day. Phillip Rivers on Saturday night only put up 1,008. Demarius Thomas only put up 940 on Thursday night. So with those two things happening, and then Detroit had a really good game for Scott with 1750. Riddick didn't have a great game for him with 560, but he got injured uh, early in the third quarter. So And then Hill also had a great game for Scott, 17-34. So it was really looking like things were really shaping up for Scott to have an easy victory. And all the way up until maybe halfway through the afternoon games, it was like all of a sudden, dad kept creeping up, kept creeping up, kept creeping up. And all of a sudden, he's got a 50% chance of winning. And all of a sudden, it's like, holy crap, dad's actually going to win. And then New England scores, and there's like less than a minute left. The uh, Steelers are down by three, and it looks like Scott's done. He's, he would need a miracle, really, to 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 get the victory. He would need a, a field goal and overtime or something like that to, to keep it going because obviously he had Ben Roethlisberger and Le'Veon Bell playing. And that's exactly what he got. On one of the Steelers' first plays, Ben throws it over the middle to Juju Smith, and he goes around to the outside and somehow makes it up the sideline and gets it all the way into field goal range. And the Steelers get it. And they're at like the twelve or fifteen yard line, and Ben Roethlisberger throws it over the middle to Jesse James. Scott played Jesse James this week. Jesse James catches it at the one, and reaches over the goal line, extending the ball over. He's in. It's a touchdown. All right, the, and and there the matchup is I'm over. Cut you off there, because that's the end. That's it. You are that's right. It. That what you just described is what happened. And anyone with eyeballs saw it. So you know, congrats to congrats to Scott. Nothing changed, right? I turned I turned the TV off after that. <laughs> Scott put up thirteen thousand, and he's moving on to the championship. So I turned the TV off. Did something happen? <sighs> so here's what happened: is as a, as every scoring play does, the play gets reviewed, and as soon as you see the replay. Because I talked to Scott after the game, he admitted that as soon as the touchdown happened, you know, he gets up, he's screaming, he's running around his his apartment, yelling, he thinks he's just made it, rightfully so, as we just said. And then you see the first replay, and when Jesse James reaches over the goal line, the ball hits the ground, and it moves ever so slightly. He doesn't ever lose control of it, but the ball moves ever so slightly in his hands. And by the letter of the law to this stupid fucking NFL catch rule, he did not complete the process of going to the ground and maintaining full possession of the ball. By the letter of the law, it is the right call. It's the right call. You're right. And the thank letter you for that out, of the law. a lot of people law, are mad about it. A oh, lot of people who are mad about it aren't respecting the fact that it was the correct call the rule is the problem yes and it really it started way back when in this when Calvin Johnson caught a touchdown and like went to like run towards the sideline and like the ball came out as he was like going to the ground anyway it's it really anyone who's listening to this should right now google Andre Ellington fumble. One of the first results should be a website with a gif on it. It's pronounced jif. (laughs) And you will see that Andre Ellington catches the ball, goes to turn and run, falls and fumbles. Well, it wasn't a fumble because he went to the ground and lost control. They called that an incomplete pass. That play that happened, that solidified for me just how screwed up the rule of a catch is in the NFL it's it's absolutely absurd because by the naked eye by all intensive purposes Jesse James caught that had full possession really didn't take a step but made a football move to reach that ball over the end zone to reach it over the goal line he made a football move to do that but because yeah, I mean, he didn't run in straight up and hold on to the ball for five seconds, uh, and at some point lost a little bit of control. It's not a catch; it gets overturned. The very next play, Ben Roethlisberger throws the ball over the middle. Guy gets tackled in bounds. They're getting up to the line. He's gonna go. Sp- he looks like he's gonna spike it. There's not much time left. There's only, there's less than ten seconds left. He goes to spike it. He fakes spikes. He's, Eli Rogers slants across the middle. He tries to squeak it into him. He shouldn't have done that. There were like three New England defenders there. One of them gets their hand in, knocks the ball up. The Patriots catch it. It's game over and season over for Scott just like that. It all happens wow. so fast because even if, if he spikes it there and Boswell gets that field goal, Scott probably wins because – well maybe not how many times are the patriots going to win from someone throwing an interception at the one yard line <laughs> uh well this one was not nearly as significant but i do, i do know what you're getting at uh they do seem to have good fortune in that sense but yeah it just the most heartbreaking loss i think i have ever seen i feel so bad for scott it's it's incredible this this is year 15 for him he doesn't have a championship. This his, his team is so good. His team is so good. He didn't get Fournette this week. That was huge. That was so huge for him to not have Fournette in that game against Houston where they absolutely obliterated them. You figure Fournette's good for probably around 2,000 in that game. Yeah. And for it to happen the way it happened... Just absolutely devastating for a guy who had consistently the entire year the most high-scoring team, arguably the best team all year, for it to come down and for it to happen like that in the semifinals. It just is, it's honestly heartbreaking. I can't imagine if it was me. I can't. I, yeah, really, I really feel for him. Yeah, I, I totally agree. You know, you've got to feel his pain. The drama was just too much to handle. And what coulda, shoulda, woulda, did nota. And that's tough to swallow. And Scott had a great season. He should have his held head held high. Held, head high, held. And um, I do want to say, Scott, I hope that me ragging on your Greg Olson play did not compel you to sit Greg Olson. Uh, although I would have agreed with that decision. And I think... There was no way you could have seen this week coming. It must have hurt to have Greg Olson with 22-10 on your bench, especially with what happened with Jesse James. Can I interject? That could have easily been the difference for you. Yes, please interject. So, I talked to Scott right after the afternoon game, and he, he talked about how much time he spent thinking about which tight end to play. He said he looked at Yahoo. He looked at ESPN. He looked at NFL. Basically, all the websites you can think of that are fantasy football related, trying to figure out what would be the best choice. He had he picked up Charles Clay for a hot second, then dropped him and picked up Jesse James. If he had played Charles Clay, he still would have lost. So that's good that that didn't affect. I it, it was the same thing. Everyone, all the experts were saying basically what we said, which was like, there you you haven't. There's we've seen nothing from Greg Olson. If you play him. You're not basing it on anything. On anything you've seen, it's it's such a, a high risk. Like, yeah, he's Greg Olson, so maybe he has a good game, but we just hadn't seen anything. He hadn't done anything since he had come back from his injury. So how do you play him in such an important game? I, I it sucks that Greg Olson has such a big you can game. Not beat yourself up of. No, you can't. You really can't because how 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 in the hell do you know? How the hell do you know that Greg Olson's going to put up twenty two ten? No way. Especially after him burning you last week, it's like you know. It's. It would have been. It would have been ill advised to play him. It would have been. Yeah. It definitely would have been. Absolutely. Oh man. Uh. But yeah. Well, in good news, Marvin Lewis is planning on leaving the Cincinnati Bengals. That is. That is great news. Honestly, that, that I'm really, so relieved for that. That team. makes that makes everything better. I saw it, I saw a tweet. Whether or not. Whether or not it has any truth to it, I I think it might have been a joke, but it was like. Now the Browns are worried because they already told Hugh Jackson he could stay, but now they want Marvin Lewis. (laughs) 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 Oh, I hope that's real. That would just be just like the Browns to go and get Marvin Lewis as their head coach to save him. Yeah, Uh, that'd be hysterical. But anyway, Dad wins this week because of Christian McCaffrey, Robbie Gold, and Minnesota's defense. 2,260, 2,900, 2,900 from Robbie Gold. A little tidbit uh, about Robbie Gold. Louis wanted him this week. And dad picked him up on December thirteenth at twelve thirty-five, uh, and Louis must have gone. Louis said this, and he said dad has the text to prove it. Louis went on. I don't know how soon after dad picked up Robbie Gold, but he went on to go pick up Robbie Gold because he had a good feeling about Robbie Gold this week. And uh, dad had, had beaten him to it. If Louis has Robbie Gold, Louis wins the championship. If dad doesn't have Robbie Gold, Scott's in the championship. Wow. There wow. were just there were just so many things that fell into place to make what happened hey, happen. Well, further proof that I'm correct and we should not have kickers. Um, that's a hot take. I I don't think I, I I think kickers should be weighted much lower. It's I hate that Robbie Gold won the week for Dad. But how how much lower? Like lower than what standard is, or lower than what we have? Because ours is it, it's a little inflated. For what we have it as, but uh, at least standard, but probably lower than standard. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just a matter of opinion, I guess. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. I don't know why a, a, a five field goal performance shouldn't be worth a good amount of points. He made all. He made all five of his field goal attempts. He had a, a, a over a fifty yarder. He had three four over forty yard field goals. That's that's four field goals I of over for forty me, yards. That's, that's great. It's, I it's, mean. It's the lack of ability to, to like predict. It's a, I don't know. Maybe I get what you're saying. I do. I do because kicking field, for kickers and field goals, it's all just about opportunities, and you don't. Like, there's no way to measure or to know beforehand really that Robbie Gold was going to get five field goal attempts, uh, or or who any any kicker, however many like that you, you never know what's going to happen. It's all about how often a team stalls at the right point of the field. Right. So, yeah. uh, yes, it is. It is very random. I get that. Yes. Thank you. We have someone, uh, someone listening in live. They just, uh, made a chat. You never know for defense either, or really mm-hmm. any position says Justin. Well, Hey, I'll, I'll be the first one to say, I think our defenses should be weighted lower. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, Yes, that's also that's fair, uh, but I think more Justin's point is is like it's always unpredictable. Ergo, what Greg Olson did, vis a vis what Greg Olson did. Yeah, like, yeah, sure. Fantasy football is unpredictable. Yeah, I, I get I get the point. I just you know I mean you know we digress. It's good conversation though. I love I love that we are constantly looking to improve upon our league and get feedback and just. We're we're just trying to have, fantasy football's a lot of fun, but there's a, you know, you gotta make sure in your leagues that you have solid rules and solid settings so that everyone can enjoy it in the way that they want to. It's good to talk about those things, so I encourage anyone out there listening who's not in our league, if you're in a league, you know, uh, I I encourage you to start a Facebook page or a group chat, something like that, so at least there's a little interaction. Yeah, I mean, well said, well said. Uh but yeah, you're, it, you're upset. No, I'm not upset at all. I just it's um, I, I mean, I, I made the kicker and the defense. I, I inflated both of those scores a little bit because it, when I I didn't understand, I guess it, it makes sense because there it's less predictable, I guess you could argue. But I wanted to make kickers and defense more comparable in value to the rest of the positions. Um, wh- why? Sh- why shouldn't? Minnesota get twenty three fifty when they have when they had such a monster game and were the reason where a main reason why Minnesota could win. They scored a touchdown and they had two interceptions and they only allowed seven points the whole game. Is that mm. is that really worth less? No, I mean I, I get your point. I, I understand both sides and it's an argument to be had for sure. It's a matter of uh, obviously we could, I would be more than willing to to go back to standard scoring for kickers and defense it's just there are a few tweaks that I made that I have made over the years like I mentioned uh, to kind of try and raise their value just a little bit and I know that defenses I mean even if they even if it wasn't inflated Robbie gold still would have had a like a 2400 point week tw- like, still sure. a really crazy week for a kicker. Like re- sure. regardless of, so yeah. well. Well, anyways, we digress. We do digress. Uh, congrats to Dad. Um, yeah, amazing. Dion Lewis on his bench with seventeen forty six. Dad'll Dad'll be able to play him next week in the championship yeah. with Rex Burkhead getting injured. Dad this week. tried to get really cute and sit Dion yeah. Lewis from uh, Mike Davis and. Thank, Almost cost him. Thank God it didn't cost him. Uh, I told him to play Dion Lewis, and, yeah, I just, he'd been so rock solid, and Dad just didn't like that he was getting his touchdowns vultured by Whitey, Mc, Whitey Um Wes Welker? West, yeah, Wes Welker. No, uh, Edelman. No, Amendola. Burkhead. No, I already Brady. said Burkhead. I was naming all the white players on New England. Garoppolo. There you go. Um, <laughs> no, if you had told me at any point, even going into this week, that it was going to be Brian versus Dad in the championship, I'd have called you crazy. I would have said, no way. It's not possible. Both their teams are too mediocre. And here we are. They both won. Dad actually and Dad put up a great week. Again, it's <laughs> in large part to Robbie Gold. But... Yeah, congrats to dad, congrats to Brian, but really not congrats, screw you both. I wish it was Scott versus Louie in the championship, I have no problem saying that. In my eyes, the real championship will be the third place game, and whichever of you wins, dad or Brian, I am going to take away your championship, so. Well, I, I agree with what you said. I think the real championship will be the third place game and/or the fifth place game. <laughs> you think you think Justin deserves a chance to play for the championship? I mean, I don't <laughs> think it matters who's playing against me. I'm gonna win, and I will have had the best playoff scores, uh, and I'll be the rightful champion. So I'm I'm excited for that. I'm I'm looking into buying a trophy right now. So I'll keep you guys updated on that endeavor. That's gonna be that'll be really good. You know what's gonna happen, Jack? Here's what's going to happen. Let me tell you what's going to happen. Let me walk you through what's going to happen next week. You're going to have another great week to get fifth place. And you're going to think about, oh, well, if I had only not played Brian on his highest scoring week of the year, I could be champion right now. And Scott and Louie are probably going to duke it out and both score over 14,000. And one of them's going to get third place. And then Brian and dad <laughs> are going to be here in the championship week and i bet you one of them wins with less than 10,000 i bet you. because that would just be the perfect ending to this season honestly yeah yeah i mean that's that's what's probable so <laughs> like, i mean don't even <laughs> no I, I i'm not like honestly at this point that's seriously what i expect i expect both of them to have bad weeks and one of them is just going to sneak it out. And yeah, somewhere around 10,000 points, we will crown our 2017 champion. And it's going to be the most disgusting thing I've ever seen. Well, huzzah. Any any last words on that matchup? And then, uh, you know, any other words before we close out the shorter show tonight? Uh, yeah, well, let's, let's make our predictions. Who wins and why? Yeah, that's uh... just real quick. Yes, no, absolutely. Let's take uh I mean, you know, who knows what they'll actually end up doing, but uh, let's take a look at, at their at their teams next week. Dad is projected for twelve thousand two hundred and ninety-eight. Brian is projected for eleven thousand nine hundred and seventeen. I think Dad well here's what I'll say. Aaron Rodgers went on IR today, so dad may very well play Minnesota's defense against Green Bay, which could be huge for him if Aaron Rodgers is out. Yeah. True. Uh so I like that. I like that a lot. And then on Brian's side I don't know. I'm going to I'm going to take I'm going to take Dad to win just because I feel like Brian's team has just been really inconsistent and with the lower week this week and dad doing a little better than brian i'm just gonna stay in the quote-unquote flames and uh i'm gonna say dad's gonna keep rolling and and close out the season with the championship and honestly i hope you're right uh i i'm gonna go ahead and pick brian actually looking at his team now i think he's got some serious potential to have a good week cam newton at home against tampa bay tampa bay has been God awful. Their defense last night was you know what, so though, bad. I I love Phillip Rivers for a bounce back week for the Chargers against the Jets. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I also so I think I, I think both both Dad and Brian could have big weeks at the quarterback position. I also like Drake against Kansas City. I like Hopkins against Pittsburgh. I'll match that with a Deion Lewis with no Rex Burkhead against Buffalo. I think he could have a huge week. And uh I will match your DeAndre Hopkins. With a, mm, shoot, I can't match DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, <laughs> no, Jarvis Landry against Kansas City could be pretty fruitful, but you're not going to maybe match Hopkins. Yeah. Hopkins, Pittsburgh has given up the big play as of late. If if Hayden can come back, I don't know if he's going oh, Hopkins, to. Hopkins is match matchup proof. Hopkins is good for 1,500 points. Doesn't matter if it's the Steelers. Right, but I'm talking, like, could you see him getting 2,500 against the Steelers? No. Probably not, because Houston sucks, and T.J. Yates is the quarterback. But, yeah, we'll see. And and if it could come down to Funchess, if if Funchess can have a huge game against Tampa Bay with Cam Newton going off, that would be... You think Brian's going to be playing the Bears against Cleveland? I don't see why not. I really don't see why not. It'll be fun for him to cheer for his uh, hometown team against the awful, awful Browns. Yeah, yeah. Uh, But yeah, anyway, we should close this out. Uh, I actually think looking at it, 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 they definitely both have the potential to have uh, very good weeks. So hopefully... Honestly, I hope they have good weeks. Yeah, I was going to say, I hope they back up, making it to the championship. They both put up hopefully over 12,000 and we get a good matchup for the championship. Yeah. Best of luck to both of them. Congrats on making it. Louie and Scott, so sorry. You guys deserved so much better. Just, you deserve so much better. The way that it happened for both of you sucks, and I'm sorry it went down that way. And to everyone else, uh, you know, Anna has Anna's team has been going off the rails these last few weeks after she got eliminated. Uh, Dan's team is still great. He got eliminated. Your team has been going off the rails since you got eliminated. And yeah, uh, and shout out to me. My running backs are back. <laughs> just shout ju- out to me. Just in time, dude. Just in time. I put Cream a, Hunt, I, dude, got, I peaking put 15, at the right time. 15,200 uh for my team and about 5,000 no, like a little over 6,000 for my running backs combined. So, yeah, uh too little, too late for me. But uh, this is the team that I had envisioned for sure. And it just didn't pan out until it was way too late. Uh, But yeah, one week to go, one week to go. And we will wrap this up. Thanks for listening, everyone. Again, so excited for the live show next week. Yeah, very excited for that. Please tune in. We will let you know when and where and how and why uh, you can tune in. And you know what? Please, 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 please. I mean this in seriousness for the, not not seriousness, but I'll say it in less jest than usual, please email in. Yes, we okay, have, great point. We have an email that we still have to, to get to that we'll talk about on the show. But please, any other listeners, please email in just to simply say, hey, I've been listening, and ask a question or two. Give your comments on, you know, any draft picks that you thought were great or any keys to your success or lack of success, just... Just shoot us over a note. I'm JR at letstalkpod.com. That's L E T T S, talkpod.com. And then my co host is TJ at letstalkpod.com. Please email either of us, and we will go through the emails live on the last episode, uh, along with a ton of other material in terms of just recapping the season, looking back on our inaugural podcast season. It's going to be great, and we really hope you tune in. Yeah, thanks for bringing that up. Seriously, email us. Uh, any any questions? Anything you want us to talk about? Any uh, tidbits you want us to cover? Anything at all? Shoot us an email. Let us know, and we will we'll definitely talk about it. Um, I expect it to be a really fun podcast. So uh, yeah, please uh, please email in, and we will uh, we'll uh, give you shout shout outs. So thanks for listening this week, Jack. Send us off. Don't stray away too far, and uh, next time you're around. Let's talk fantasy football. Do do This podcast is sponsored by Jordan All Cook House. Do 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 do. Bye. Have a beautiful time.